When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, and welcome to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. My name is Austin. I'm BJ. Uh, and this, today, is probably, maybe, possibly, our final episode on Dragon Quest Builders 2. Uh, we both had a lot of fun with it. If you haven't listened to our previous two episodes on the game, be sure to check those out, uh, because today we're talking about, really, the like final parts of the game, the last like third, I guess. Of the game, yeah. really? I would uh, say so, because the last time, the last Dragon Quest uh, Builders episode that we did was on the second island. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have Moonbrook under our belts at that point. And I can't remember at this point if we had covered Skelkatraz. Uh, we hadn't. I think we might have alluded to it, because I think you and I had gotten there, but I don't think we'd really mentioned it Right, yet. okay. Uh, so so if you can't tell, there are going to be some uh, a few spoilers ahead, uh, but... Uh, we also want to mention that we do have our first ever bonus mini-sode up on Patreon for all of our patrons to listen to. Uh, so no matter your tier, whether it's $2, $50, whatever, you can enjoy our bonus episodes exclusively for our Patreon patrons. Uh, so if you're listening right now and you haven't checked it out, be sure to head over to Patreon after this, and you can hear a short bonus episode uh, where we talk about some of our favorite things from Dragon Quest Builders 2, favorite island, favorite NPCs, Things like that. Plus, uh, you can find out BJ's very strong feelings about the latest announcement that slimes are edible and that they taste like limes. So if you're curious about that, be sure to check that out. I hear BJ making smacking noises. Uh, So there's a hint. He really wants to eat one. Uh, But for now, uh, let's get straight into Dragon Quest uh, Builders 2. So let's talk about Skelkatraz. All right. So I loved Skelkatraz. Um, the, I've seen some people say that it drags a little bit at that point, that that was when the game kind of hit a lull for them. And I was really, truly afraid that it was because I didn't think I was going to get to build a lot during this area. I thought that the story was like, why are you making me do this? I've already been kind of a prisoner and escaped and done stuff, but I really, really liked it. Uh, partly the reason that I really liked it was because of your little slime companion. Uh, you get a little blue slime and you get to sneak around that, uh, I'd, I've apparently over the last couple of years really started to like stealth games and I had gotten out of that since I was uh, a teenager. I used to play Tenchu a lot and uh, Metal Gear Solid. And I then for a long time, I was like, nope, I just want to barrel through everything and murder everything in my path. I don't care about stealth. And now I'm like, ooh, I can sneak around. This is fun. So I loved that part of this game. And I so I'm one of those people. Uh, that you mentioned that felt like it dragged um, because I definitely thought Skelkatraz was the part of the game where I began to be like, man, this game is maybe too long. Oh, um, and okay. and it wasn't that it wasn't even that it felt too long at that point. It was just I knew that there was at least one major island after this. Yeah. And they send you to Skelkatraz kind of in the middle of you know building your pyramid on the Isle of Awakening. 
And it was like, I just wanted to finish that. Like there was all this unfinished business. And I was just like, I don't know, the placement of it just felt weird to me. And it made it seem like it dragged. Um, I did really like the, you know, prison break movie with the blue slime that happens yeah. on that island. I didn't enjoy the sneaking around as much as you did. Um, it wasn't my favorite part. I didn't mind it too much because it reminded me a lot of uh, the Gallows Moor section in Dragon Quest VI. Okay. Which is I haven't my, gotten there, so I, I can, yeah. yeah. Which is one of my favorite parts of that game. It's very similar to the Gortress in, uh, in Dragon Quest Nine. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, that it was it's, a lot like that. Yeah, the Gortress in 9, I feel like, is probably the shortest of all of them, and I think Skelcatraz is the longest. Uh, so Gallows Moor in 6 is kind of like the uh, middle ground there. Uh, so I didn't mind it, just because it kind of reminded me of that. Uh, but, but you know, I, uh, I, I did not necessarily have a problem with it. The problem I had with the game... <laughs> Uh, really came with the next part of when you arrive on the island of Moonbrook. Which, uh, one thing before we go into Moonbrook that I want to mention is that once you leave Skelcatraz, you are never able to go back. So if any of you guys want to explore, want to uh, find any kind of rares, and I think there's only one rare item on the island, which is a guillotine, um, you can get it after somehow. I haven't gotten it yet, uh, just going through, but I know you can get the recipe for it. I... I didn't get it on my playthrough, and I was really upset because at no point can you just go back to explore that island. Even after you complete the entire game and have the entire uh, ocean opened up to you, you can't sail back there. So if there's anything that you want to do or play around, do it. But also, don't take the time on building anything that you want to return return to at the at any point in the future because it is it is going to be locked away from you forever it, that's so weird that you can't go back yeah i thought you would be able to yeah because i remember you and i were playing through that playing through skelcatraz at the same time and i was just a little bit ahead of you still i think at that point and i was like i'm sure it's gonna open back up once you beat the main story blah blah blah, blah. and you were like man i really hope so I don't know. And then like the next day or so you were texting me and you're like, nope, you can't go back. And it makes me so sad because I wanted to. Yeah, I I don't necessarily want to go back. I didn't know that about the guillotine until you told me just now. Um, it but, was a I saw it online. Okay. I saw that as one of the things when I was looking about whether you could go back to Skelcatraz or if I could if I missed anything that I could never get again. I gotcha. So um, let's talk about Moonbrook, I guess. Um, yeah. it's, it's the third island, so if we got to talk about it, we have to talk about it. <laughs> it sure is the third island, isn't it? It's there. Um, it's... If, you, if you read my uh, weekly Dragon Quest blog, dragonquestaustin.com, you can probably read, you've read this, maybe read this already and know my feelings of it. I hate Moonbrook. Like, like I super duper hate it. I thought it was going to be cool because... You know, it's a, it's a town straight from Dragon Quest 2. Um, when I first arrived there and it was all snowy, I was like, okay, this is kind of neat. Um, but then it became my least favorite part of the game and honestly kind of ruined the whole game for me. It didn't ruin the whole game for me. That it was 
absolutely terrible. It was completely miserable, and I do not know why they made this area in the game. But it didn't ruin the overall game for me, but it really did put a damper on what was an amazing and fantastic and probably like top five games of the year game and really, really took it down. I just, uh, you know, so the the thing about Moonbrook, I guess, that I hated, so I'll explain myself uh, for a few moments here, um, is that the other islands, it was like, there were battles. Enemies would sometimes attack you, mm-hmm. but it wasn't just constant. And in Moonbrook, there's constant battles. And so you don't really get to just like spend some leisurely time building stuff for fun the way you could on the other islands because yep. every like five minutes or less, there's going to be waves of enemies attacking you. And depending Which, on what point in the game you are or what point in the storyline you are, they are progressing levels of annoying that that it becomes like you can ignore some of them and your NPCs will take care of them and you can go about your business. And then there are some that can destroy everything that you've just done if you don't stop exactly what you're doing and take care of them. Yeah, and I just, I hated that mechanic because, I mean, it's Dragon Quest Builders, so like, God forbid I want to build something uninterrupted for a little while. I know, right? So and the story of the island is combat, that they're at war. And that's fine. There can be war without constant raids on the player. That's the problem. That it's not just that there are are fields of combat, it's that they constantly attack you and your base. And And, it's so not fun. And the NPCs aren't very fun in this one either. It's like they're Mm -hmm. all, I guess because they're all like battle-worn or whatever, they're way more serious, I feel like, than the Mm -hmm. other ones. And... You know, there's a traitor in your midst who's like murdering people at nighttime, and it's like super obvious who the traitor is. And then you play through another like 10 hours of game before you even get to like confront this traitor. For real, and, 10 hours. Like, that's not even an exaggeration. Yeah, I know. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, and that's my whole problem with Moonbrook is that there's too, there's too much fighting, there's too much dialogue because there's all this talking that just seems way more unnecessary at this stage in the game. It's just, the whole thing is just too much. The story was dragging. They tried to pack too much story stuff into this island. And it was an uninteresting story. Yeah. That was the the worst part, is that it was uninteresting. Like, on the other islands, you had these silly stories, but they were fun. They were were the silly Dragon Quest stories. Then you get this one that's trying to be serious, that's trying to be Game of Thrones. And the problem, the reason Game of Thrones works is because the characters are interesting. Whether they're relatable or good or anything like that is out of the question, but it's it's that they're interesting. And these were caricatures of caricatures, really. Like, the King of Moonbrook is one of the worst, most annoying characters in this game to me, and I will never bring him to the Isle of Awakening. Uh, at the end of the game, you get to choose where people live. After you've beaten it, you uh, you can send people to the Isle of Awakening or back to another island, and he's just living on Moonbrook by himself in a destroyed castle. I'm like, you're not coming in my castle, man. It's like, nope, I hate you. You get to live in the snow. Look at everybody here. We're having a wonderful life together. You're going to die alone. <laughs> hate did, him. I did not know that you could, after you beat the game, you could go and get people from other islands that stayed behind through the story. Yeah, you can. Huh. Like you, you might have a quest for them. Yeah. I haven't built the, the dog 
uh, that's on, uh, I named mine, uh, like I said, Dog Butt in the very first episode, uh, you can get on Furrowfield. They will actually come live with you on the Isle of Awakening if you build them like a, uh, a fun little playpen on Furrowfield to make them happy and eat and do all of that stuff. I just haven't done it because uh, I haven't gone back to Furrowfield a lot. But yeah, you can get people that you left behind and then send the ones that you have that you don't like back and forth. So it's really cool being able to do that with some of your favorite NPCs. Like yeah. I want dog butt. Like I love the animals and monsters running around my island. So I want uh, dog butt to be there. <laughs> Sorry, I was just giggling because you said I love dog butt. And it, <laughs> out, out of context, it's really funny. Um, I the the really the only other thing I have to really say about Moonbrook is there's two number one is that i also hated uh getting the marble mats to make the all the castle wall stuff but you you did you didn't have trouble with it but zero trouble it was like i would go and i would farm the mats and i would get like 300 pieces of marble i would go back to the castle and make it and then you would still have to go back i think for me it was just like the sheer volume of marble that you have that you have to use in Moonbrook is yeah, really annoying a lot. and it's basically just in like a couple of areas. And so you, and I just, I don't like mining very much in this game. Like I mentioned oh. in that, when I think it was our se- second episode over crumble dune and everything mm-hmm. where I talked about uh, how I didn't like the mining in the game very much. Cause it made me just kind of feel like I was in purgatory. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Moonbrook didn't make me feel like I was in purgatory. It made me feel like I was in hell. <laughs> <laughs> like just straight up, like you just bypassed it. You're like, I'm a bad person. This is where I have to be. Yeah, this is uh, this episode should be called Dragon Quest Builders 2 Part 3. Austin goes to hell. It might uh, be. Which Friday the 13th movie is that? That's a Friday uh, the 13th. Nine. Part 9, Jason yeah, goes to hell. Jason goes to hell is 9 because Jason X is when they go to outer space. Okay, so Dragon Quest Builders 2 Part 3, Jason goes to hell. <laughs> um, so the the thing about the marble for me, <laughs> trying to get that back, uh, the thing about the marble for me is that I smash everything. That when I'm running around, I see a snowbank or a cliff, and I'm like, I wonder what's in that, and I smash it. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to go around this, so I'm going to smash my way a ton- myself a tunnel through it. And so I just collect thousands and thousands of different kinds of materials that I end up having to throw away eventually. Uh-huh. But with marble, it was one of those things that I just ended up smashing so much of the caves and the cliff faces as I ran around and did all the other stuff that I never had a problem with it. So if you don't like mining and you're not like that, then I can totally see how the absurd number of marble blocks that you needed would would be overwhelming. The worst part of this game is the combat. The combat is not super good because it's a building game. So a lot of the emphasis is on building. And then they send you to this island where the emphasis is pretty much on combat. And like, I mean, there's there is about building like defenses and stuff. There's an emphasis on that, but there's just so much of an emphasis on combat. And so it took just the worst part. And then just made you do it for like, I mean, I feel like Moonbrook was about 15 hours for me. It might have been. I mean, it took a, what I said, what I put in my notes is that there's no reason it had to be as long as it was. It took about a 40 hour game and made it over a 55 hour game that, uh, that this part was just absurdly long, 15 to 20 hours, no doubt. And it was not fun. There were moments that were pretty cool, but there were there was no fun to be had in moving through the story. It was a slog. 
every time. I, I you know, I, I don't know what else to say about it really, other than I didn't like Moonbrook, didn't have very much fun. I wish it wasn't in there. I think a forty hour game, honestly, I think I would have enjoyed a forty hour game more than the, the I think I beat it around like it's hard to tell because the switch does it isn't super accurate, but it says I played it for over fifty five hours. The save file tells you. So that's what does it? Okay. Yeah. I, See, I, I started this game up and then never, like, took it out of the Switch. I just slept the Switch and then started oh, the game up. okay. So, so I never, like, had to boot up a save file or anything. And um, I was swapping between, like, Marvel Ultimate Alliance and things like that, so it, uh, it, it showed me whenever I was loading up. Okay, gotcha. But, uh, yeah, for me, I would have loved this game far more if uh, Moonbrook was taken out. For me, it took, at this point... Uh, before Moonbrook, I honestly would have given this game like a like a four, four and a half star out of like five stars on Amazon. And because of Moonbrook, it knocked it down like a star, star and a half for me. I mean, it really greatly uh, depleted my enjoyment of the game overall. Uh, but um, I guess that's enough for sad, angry stuff, right? Let's move on yeah. to happier stuff. And uh, I so, still think that the game overall is like a probably a four and a half star game, like four, uh, four and a half, I'll say, because Moonbrook really, really, really was a slog. But if you can power through it and uh, and really like enjoy the rest of the game as much as I did, then it's not going to ruin the rest of the game for you. Like what comes after that, like it did for you. But with you being kind of like you didn't like the mining, uh, you felt like there were parts that were already starting to drag. I totally see why you're not like just sitting and building everything all the time. Yeah. So, but I did like parts after Moonbrook, uh, which we'll get into when we talk about all of our happy stuff. Uh, Before we get into the happy stuff though, let's talk about some other happy stuff with the segment we like to call shameless self-promotion. Shamey, 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 shameless. Don't like that one either, man. You need to go back to the good ones. (laughs) Stop mixing up the formula. All right, so uh, you want to tell everybody about our Patreon? So we mentioned at the beginning of this episode that we are starting to do exclusive mini-episodes for uh, listeners who are members of our Patreon. Uh, That's not going to change any of the content in the main show. Uh, This is for stuff, kind of side stuff that we've wanted to do that may not really fit within the main feed uh, that we think is fun and that we hope you think is fun. Um, any patron level will get that. So if you uh, go to patreon.com slash dragonquestfm, you'll be able to uh, sign up and check out all the stuff that we have. Um, we have stickers that you can get. We have a uh, Discord role that you can uh, get on our geek to geek Media Discord and talk about Dragon Quest on there with us. Uh, for $10, I believe, you can uh, actually just tell us what you want us to talk about. We will do an episode over whatever you want. Um, our last episode was on Dragon Quest Rocket Slime because DJ Pimp Daddy wanted that. Uh, we have some more uh, listener requests coming up very soon. Uh, so you can also, if you have a brand or podcast or Etsy shop or whatever you want to advertise, we actually have a tier on there. That's just how we're doing advertising on here. So you can go on there, check it out, and see what uh, what we do for uh, advertising at $50. You get three ad runs. So it's good. Uh, Patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM. All right, now it's back to our episode. So we're going to talk about the next area after Moonbrook, which is called Malhalla. I uh, love it. And it was one of your favorite episodes, right? 
It was. It was one of my favorite areas in the game. I More than anything on this one, I liked the fact that it went a different route than anything else. That you had NPCs, but they were all monsters that you were befriending. That So it gave it a really different feel than like you rescuing people from the Church of Hargon. That you were, uh, you, children of Hargon, excuse me, that you were going through and uh, like not converting people, but showing them that uh, maybe builders aren't so bad. And they're like, yeah, you're building things, and I like it. And it was just super fun. I loved it. Yeah, and I, I liked Valhalla a lot better than Moonbrook, obviously. Uh, I Honestly, I wish that they had just gone straight to Valhalla in the story and not had Moonbrook in the game at all. I think yeah. it would have it made the game shorter, which is one of my complaints about the game is that it's too long. It would have, I, I don't know, I think it would have just helped the game out in a lot of ways. Um, like even look trying to look at it objectively, I think it would have, just because it would take out a lot of the drag and some of the unnecessary parts of the story. Um, and so, I, I, I don't know. I, but I, I really liked uh, Malhala, uh, and I, I liked befriending the monsters. Um, I liked building the buggy buggy. The Buggy Buggy was fun. Which that, is still uh, a terrible name. Like, it's like they didn't even try to come up with a clever name on this mm-mm. one. They didn't. And, and the part that I get the most irritated with the Buggy Buggy name is that it's fun to say, Buggy Buggy, but in the game, like, it never really messed up. Like, it should have been Buggy, but it just kind of looked like a bug. And it didn't really look like a bug until the very end. So it was just like, we're going to call this the Buggy Buggy. And I was like, yeah. okay. It's like it looks like a bug and it's a little buggy, so it's a buggy buggy. Yep. Which is and which again is fun to say, but reading it over and over again is yeah, okay. I've just come to expect better uh puns, I guess, from Dragon Quest. Buggy yeah. buggy sounds like something you came up with. <laughs> it does. That 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 is one hundred percent fair. I agree. Hundo P. Um, stop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um I I have kind of mixed feelings about building the arc. Uh, that you build there with, um, I can't remember. Uh, the only NPC I remember is like Noah, the killing machine is, yeah. N-O- is like N04H because it's like Noah and the Ark. Yep. I loved um, it. So, uh, I have mixed feelings about the Ark because it was fun, but it also felt super like sci fi and weird for a Dragon Quest game to me. It did at first. Like, I was like, okay, I don't see what they're doing here. But there's already, like, mechanical stuff all throughout it. You've got the hunter mechs and everything. So I didn't really think too, you know, it was too bad or anything to go through it. But it was it was fun. But, yeah, it was way different than anything that had come before it. And all of a sudden, you're just basically building a spaceship. Yeah, I mean, it's even called, like, space. their spaceship. It's like spaceship exterior or something mm-hmm. like that. The little yellow blocks that you build. Yeah, you're learning different uh, spaceship... Uh, uh, recipes for blocks and stuff yeah that was kind of what i guess caught me off guard was that it's spaceship when i saw that the pieces were called spaceship i was like that's just seems it seems weird spaceship just seems like a weird thing to be in a dragon quest game like i know i know there's been some like you mentioned with the with the like killing machines and things like that there's already some like sci-fi stuff and like you know last week we talked about rocket slime and rocket slime has like some pretty advanced like tanks and spacecraft, but um, I don't know. It just uh, like I don't, and the color scheme to me reminded me a lot. I think of like Final Fantasy VII. Really? 
Yeah, the yeah, col- the it was colors. green and they kind of like green and industrial gray. And yeah, it looked like Midgar kind of. It did. It did look like Midgar. I was thinking of Mahala on its own. Oh uh, yeah, Mahala. no, not- I didn't like. No, no, I was like, how in the world? But yeah, the uh, the arc itself does totally have the same same color scheme as Midgar. And and I assume it's spaceship because Mahala is basically just like you're on the moon. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're on the moon except outer space is like on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, and so I, uh, but yeah, I had a good time. I enjoyed driving the buggy buggy around there. It felt like I was driving like a lunar rover uh, around the moon and stuff. I liked collecting all of Malroth's pieces that like the the big demon Malroth. Uh, uh-huh. I liked going around and collecting his eyeballs and his scales and his teeth and everything. That was really weird and gross and just odd to me that uh that you you're collecting bits and pieces of your friend and then uh, all the arms that were coming at you like all the interdimensional arms that were just swiping at you and destroying the ground were really cool too that was just a neat mechanic i thought yeah I, and i liked i like too that whenever you went to craft those things whenever you put them on like the unholy altar is that what it was called i think it, so yeah it would divide it up into like really like a ton of mats like you would lay like five of them down and you get like 150 pieces of something yep that they were so su- i loved doing that like you didn't have to go mine on this one you basically collected all of these pieces of Malroth, and then you do a spell on them to get random materials that you would need for the stuff that you have to build for the level. I thought that was really cool. So I have myself like an assembly line of unholy altars. I would just, I did that and food. I had an assembly line of unholy altars and then I had an assembly line of like cook fires or whatever I was using of uh, the barbecue Uh pit. And I was just like running in circles, uh, crafting and dropping stuff over and over and over again. Uh, And I had a really, really good time with my little uh, Malroth factory. And I actually, I did the same thing too, and it actually made it to where I could not advance the story. Really? Uh, the unholy altars, I guess, were in the way of the NPCs helping me build the spaceship. Oh. And one, and one of the, like, bad, I think it was a bad boon, but it was one of the uh, one of the NPC monsters that was building it was like, I can't move this unholy altar. And uh, just like, you know, a bubble over its head as it's trying to build. Yeah, and I, and I finally noticed it because for the longest time it was stuck at like thirty nine percent or whatever it is for like the first level of it. Yeah, and I had to go and uh, like move the unholy altar out of that way, out of where I had placed it, so it could destroy the like earth underneath it and lay down yep. blocks for um, the spaceship. Same thing happened to me. I had to move all of my stuff out onto basically to the uh, outer left. There is a little cliff face that's beside you. I just had to move all of my stuff out there instead of being inside the arc because I had stuff that was in the way as well. It was also in the way in one of them when I was trying to build the uh, like carnivorous plant room that they wanted. Mm-hmm. That was uh, I had something in the way in there that uh, we couldn't get done, like to build that part of the spaceship. And I had to, to move stuff out of the way. After Mahala is basically the final bosses. Yeah. What did you think of the final boss fights? They were fine. They they were there. Um, I didn't 
hate them, but I didn't really want to go back and play them over and over again or anything. It wasn't like a really cool mechanic or, or visually stunning that I wanted to see it again. Um, it was neat, a neat change from the rest of the game where they basically made your buggy buggy into a fighter for a little bit where you knock stuff back, you, you shoot giant Malroth, all of this, but it was fine. I, uh, I liked it well enough. The yeah. uh, coolest part about all the bosses at the very end for me were being able to go through and collect parts of the Citadel before I was able to craft all of that stuff. So, like, I got Hargon's Throne way uh-huh. before I unlocked the the recipe to be able to do that in the post game. Gotcha. Yeah, I I really liked the boss fights. Um, I mean, I liked them fine. Uh, I still don't like every game he's in. I don't like Atlas. He's the boss in Moonbrook. Yeah. Um, be- partially because there's also like all those waves of enemies that come through. And it took me forever to figure out about shoot. I kept shooting his eyeball and he would like block it. And it took me a long time to figure out that I had to like beat his feet. <laughs> yeah. After the waves of enemies. So I wasted right. a lot of time with Atlas. I just didn't like that fight. And I honestly, all the other games Atlas is in, I, I don't like fighting him. Um, so... So to me, that was still my least favorite boss fight. I liked the the final bosses fine. Um, the only thing I noticed about, like you mentioned about riding the buggy buggy when it's like flying around and sending stuff back and taking down the boss. Yeah. It's just the final boss fight from Kingdom Hearts 2. It's very similar, isn't it? Like, yeah, like Sora and Riku were like on the flying spacecraft and there's like that mechanical dragon thing mm-hmm. that they're fighting. And that's the boss for Dragon Quest Builders 2, basically. I mean, you're flying around on a little hovercraft and with your buddy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'd forgotten pretty much about that boss fight because it's been a while since I've done it. But yeah, you're right. I see it in my head now. Yeah, you're on a spaceship with your buddy who was your buddy and then your enemy and then your friend again, just like Aww. Sora and Riku. Yeah, I know. I'm like, these guys really uh, must have played Kingdom Hearts 2 before they decided to make this game because there were a lot of similarities, I felt like, in the final fight. That's um, that's true, and and that's also, my. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go right ahead. I was just gonna say, and that's I hate that fight in Kingdom Hearts two, and so I wasn't a huge fan of it in Builders two, which is probably why I made that connection because when I started playing it, I was just like, oh crap, this is gonna be just like that fight, and it pretty yeah, much that, was. That's probably probably a good reason I, why. I, I will say I enjoyed the Builders two fight more than the Kingdom Hearts two one, but so there is that at least. <laughs> Oh, my thing is that uh, my one of my favorite parts about all of this from Moonbrook to Malhalla was uh, the the friendship arc between the Builder and Malroth. Like, yeah. I really, truly felt it when they weren't friends anymore and Malroth felt betrayed. Like, I was mad at the Builder. I'm like, you could have done something, man. You didn't have to do all that. I was like, why did you do this? I was like, And I kept trying not to do it. The, the choices it gives you, it's the illusion of choice, man. They, they don't let you make those choices to save Malroth. Like you have to do all the, all the stuff that the king wants you to do and you cannot break him out or do anything. Like I kept trying to dig him out and everything and they will not let you. And uh, I'm like, this is, this is not good. I, I know it's the story. I know what they do, but I'm like, I really felt it. It's like, I don't want to betray my buddy. They don't even let you go in and talk to him because if you go nope. there and try to talk to him the npc is like get away from there yeah no, is- and do you know how many well no you don't know how many times i went through and just got that from different angles where i was trying to go talk to malroth it was a lot 
Yeah. I mean, I, I did it quite a few times. At different parts in the story, I kept thinking maybe I could talk to him because I would advance mm. the story a bit. Yep. And the other thing is, like, so much of the combat, you rely on Malroth for so much of that. Yeah. And then they send you to the freaking combat island and take away your fighter. Yeah, and they make a big deal at the very beginning of the game that he is your fighter. It's like, you're not a fighter, you're a builder, so I'm going to go with you. I don't know why Malroth sounds like that, yeah. but... Uh, <laughs> I have no idea, but he did. And it's like you keep giving him these big weapons, and he does so much more damage. And then it's like, you need to kill everything without him from now on. Luckily, in Malhalla, after that, when you actually don't have him, the uh, combat is much easier. Like, the enemies are a lot easier to kill than the ones on Moonbrook after that. Definitely. I know we're almost out of time for today because a hurricane is headed my way. Uh, so we're actually pre-recording this like almost a week early uh, because of all that good stuff. So we're hoping that you don't die and this is not the last that we hear from you. It's supposed to, the the last update I've seen, it's like a tropical storm uh, hitting my house basically. So I've got like all the shutters up. I've got the switch and the t- my, both my D- the 2DSs uh, charged up <laughs> in case I lose power. Um, we've got like stock supplies of water and food and all that good stuff that right. I tell you to do. So, and this isn't our first hurricane since we've been living down here. And this one seems like it's going to be pretty uh, far off the coast from us, but we're just still going to get wind and rain. So, And you told <laughs> me this morning that you have barrier islands there. I'd forgotten about your barrier islands where uh, you you get shielded from a lot of the uh, the front and the brunt of the uh, the hurricane making hitting shore. Yeah, because we're, I mean, we're, we live pretty close to the water, like, but it's, it's the intercoastal. So there's like islands, you know, that you can see from the beach by our house. And then, and so those are like all the barrier islands and things like that. So those people, you know, they already had to evacuate today. Yeah. I mean, that, that absolutely would be evacuating. It's the A and B zones of Palm Beach County had to evacuate. And I'm like D, I think. You're in D, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, um, did you look it up? Cause you were worried about me? Uh, when, when I was, when we were looking at Irma. Back in the oh, okay. day, when we came down for Irma, we were looking to see where you were then, and uh, uh, it was D yeah. then. Anyway, so we're almost out of time because a hurricane's headed this way and going to hit soon. But um, I did not really play much post game because, like I said, I, I, I Moonbrook kind of like burned me out on the game a little bit, even though it did get a lot better after Moonbrook, and I enjoyed playing through Malhalla and everything. It did kind of like burn me out a bit. So yeah. for post game, I basically. Um, I built, I tried to build a slime tower and then, uh, and out of those slime blocks you can mm-hmm. get, and I was going to put a bunch of different slimes and things, uh, like, uh, items in the house. But then I realized that you needed, um, uh, like some in-game items that you can only get through like the bonus scavenger hunt islands you unlock at the end yep. in the post game. And so I just never went back and did that, but you played a lot more post game than I did. Uh, so what's some things you did in the post game? So. The uh, This is the only sandbox game I've ever really truly enjoyed, that I'll play them for a little while and then stop. I know I've mentioned that before, but even the post game, without the structure of story going on, I'm still like really, really enjoying this. So after the credits roll, you get back to the Isle of Awakening. You and Malroth have your power of friendship moment that is just wonderful, and it really, really worked for me. Um, that like before I said, I didn't realize I cared so much about it until it was strained. And uh, so then when they get to be friends again at the end of the game, after the game, it made me very, very, very happy. And 
So after that, you get more Explorer's Isles to explore and unlock and do all the scavenger hunts, uh, befriend monsters, find the rare materials. And that is actually one of my favorite things about the post game. It took me a while to get all of them because you have to save up lots and lots of gratitude hearts. Like, And you have to only do it from the Isle of Awakening, that you cannot do it from any of the other areas. If you've stockpiled like 17,000 on Furrowfield or something, can't buy anything with those. So you have to do it on the Isle of Awakening. So just so that y'all know that that you have to do it that way. And I uh, went through and did all of the... Um, unlockables. I went through and unlocked everything, saved up all of that um, after taming a lot of monsters. Like this was my favorite part, going around and uh, using the monster munchies. Is that what they're called? Uh, to uh, be monster able... munchies. Yeah. 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 Use those and you tame uh, monsters. Some monsters, not every monster is tameable. You can look in your bestiary and it shows you uh, an icon on them, whether they're tameable or not. So you don't have to waste your time like going and uh, slaughtering hundreds and hundreds of something that you'll never get. Um but I love doing that to be able to tame all of the monsters. My favorite one that I've gotten so far is the liquid metal slime that uh, he's one of the uh, super strong monsters that shows up on one of the islands. So I got him and he chases me around and I have him follow me a bunch. And cause you can set who you have follow you as a party member after this. So after the game, you can have a party of however many you want. I think like six or seven people. Uh, but I usually only have two. I usually have a golem and my, Alroth are usually the two that follow me around. Um, and if I don't like the golem, it's going to be a, a saber cat cub that I like riding around. And I only, I found out about that party limit, not in the post game, but I think it was before I went to Malhalla. I went to a scavenger hunt Island, one of the explorer islands. I don't even remember which one it was where there's lots of puppies running around. Oh yeah. You told me about this. And I tried to make a little puppy army and get all the puppies I could to follow me. And I reached my limit and it was after like, I think it was like eight, maybe eight in my party total counting myself. It was like me and like seven puppies following me around. Yeah. But either way, um, I was like, oh man. And so I went back, I took the puppies back to the Isle of Awakening with the plan of going back and getting more puppies (laughs) 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 and just having like a puppy farm. And I put them, I, I built a little area for the puppies uh, to like roll around and play in and stuff. So. Now, to be fair, you can do that. I would suggest doing it on a different island. Uh, if you can move them to a different island, I'm not sure if you can. But there is a limit of, I think, 60 NPCs of any kind on the Isle of Awakening. So if you want people uh-huh. like do things around there, you'll those puppies count against your max limit. Uh, because like your cows and everything like that does too. Okay, gotcha. And I never got close to it. I think when all was said and done, I had maybe like, a dozen puppies, a couple of cows, maybe like some chickens. Okay, so that's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, I've 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 tamed quite a few, but most of mine are monsters. I've brought home a lot of the animals I find, but uh, I actually accidentally let a lot of the cows burn to death in lava, um, <laughs> and uh, I never went back and got more. Poor that, cows. That, that happened to me too on that the island that the cows are on. Yeah, I was. I didn't. I didn't notice it was happening at first. I was like walking, and I was like what happened to my cows? And then I eventually a little bit later on, after I had a couple more cows, I saw where one was just being dumb, being a dumb cow and sitting in the lava. And I'm like, get out of there. (laughs) And so I would lava you dumb cow. Yeah. And so I would like go the long way around, uh, 
around for lava, I would like try to stay very far. Give myself a wide berth from the lava yep. just in case. Um, let's see. You said you were building a sky fortress? Yeah, I'm building a sky fortress. So I went up on top of one of the mountains. I built a straight-up pillar and then started building out from it. So mm-hmm. as long as you have a base that you can start from, you can uh, then knock down the pillar if you want, and you can uh, just build yourself a floating citadel or anything that you want. So I'm building myself like the sky fortress that's going to eventually become like this floating city over the Isle of Awakening. Uh, that's my plan, to have everything on the ground and then basically have an upper level to make it like Coruscant, just surrounding everything. And... Uh, I'm working on that uh, using the spaceship stuff, but I don't know if the spaceship stuff's going to work because I don't really like the way it looks right now. So I may be making it a medieval floating city. And um, I, like I said earlier, I'm using the castle uh, as a blueprint, kind of knocking out the walls and uh, making myself a tower and all of the stuff to make the framework, using it as a framework. And one of the things that I've done is uh, I dug a dungeon below it. So I dug really deep down into the earth and then opened up this huge cavern and I put all the bars and and manacles and stuff in it. But I also made sure that I put a clear wall between the dungeon and a shower and a spa beside it so that whenever I put prisoners down there, they have to watch all the other people luxuriate and go in and uh, enjoy themselves in the uh, in the hot spa and uh, and nice showers. While they which, live in their own poop, which makes you a sociopath. It might. It does. I think. <laughs> it, I think that does make me a sociopath. Um, but I also, uh, I did make sure that the spa had a toilet, though. That uh, I was like, people can go in. I mean, they need to get they they steam. They they take their bath. They they go poop. They do their thing. Well, okay. Well, that's good, I guess. Which is still um, my favorite thing. Like collecting monsters and pooping is my favorite thing <laughs> that about this game. Like I love it. Like I truly, truly, truly love that everyone still gets so excited to poop. Every time I see a line for the bathroom, it it just makes my day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's always funny for me too. So overall, how do you feel about this game? Moonbrook included everything. Like, if you do, you recommend this to people as a Dragon Quest game or just as a builder game or anything at all like that? Yeah, um, I think I would recommend it to people. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a fun. I think it's a fun spinoff game. It's by far not my favorite spinoff game, um, but I did. I had fun with it. Um, and like I said, you know, I think it's too long. I think Moonbrook takes it down a peg. Um, and like if people are looking for a sandbox game, I think this is a really good one, but I'm not sure. I think the fact that you, that so much of the building is buried after like a 60 hour game. Yeah. Because so much of it is locked out. Like, I feel like that's probably going to be alienating for a lot of people because there's not just an option, kind of like Minecraft has with creative mode. Where yeah, you, can you don't just, just get in and do whatever you want. My hope is that if they make a Builders 3, and I know the guy that made Builders 1 and 2 has left the company now. Oh, um, I didn't realize. Yeah, he did. So I'm not sure how, where that, this, that series, the Builders series, is now, like in standing. My hope with that in Builders 3, they just have something kind of like the Isle of Awakening, but one step further where you can just kind of sit there and build as you please. Um, like I would really like to, to, because the only part of Minecraft I've ever really played and really ever had fun with is like creative mode where right. I can just build and fly around and, you know, not have to go through all the stresses of like 
survival mode or whatever. Yep. And you don't have to worry about, you know, I can turn it off so that enemies don't attack me and things like that. And so I wish they would put something like that into the game uh, because, I, because I think this is a be- better sandbox game than Minecraft or Lego Worlds. And I'm st- I still have fond memories of Disney Infinity 3.0 mm-hmm. um, and building stuff in that. But um, I do think this is a really fun sandbox game. I think it's going to turn some people off who just want to build and have a sandbox game and not have to go through so much story and like unskippable uh, scenes and dialogue and stuff. Yeah, for sure. And so if someone's just saying that they want a purely sandbox game, I don't know why I'd recommend this. But if you like sandbox games and you like Dragon Quest and RPGs, I think, you know, it's a good game. I mean, I enjoyed it. I just, um, you know, I think that having it so much of the sandbox stuff buried is re- going to really uh, turn some people. And right now, I think this is my favorite Dragon Quest game. Like, wow. spinoff or main series. I haven't beaten Eleven, So I'm waiting on Eleven S on the Switch to, like, fully beat it. Like, I, I did that on purpose where I stopped playing it uh, right. to do the Switch version like we had talked about before. And I'm expecting that one was going to like straight up overtake it. Um, but I am 100% invested in this game. Like I'm going to be going back to it. It's probably going to be like an evergreen game for me, where it's like when I feel like I want to go and do something creative, I can just go mess around on my island. And I really think that uh, overall, this was like one of the best experiences. Uh, I think it overtook a nine as my favorite favorite one because i really really loved nine but the end game of it wasn't my favorite because the grottos felt really repetitive to me and so i didn't really get into that like a lot of other people did and this one was just as fun to play through except for moonbrook and the end game is so much more my style than what the other was so this one i think is just experiencing a dragon quest world and doing what i want to do in it so i think it may be just my favorite dragon quest game to play right now wow that's uh some high praise yeah i mean and it's not so much in the story the story's not so much there i mean nine and eight and all of them obviously have much better stories but just in terms of playing and experiencing it i giggle and play and have more fun seeing the stuff in this like being able to collect and ride the stuff kill the monsters and stuff it's just i don't know i like the i like doing it like this better than uh, than than in just a normal game because it's just so accessible. All right, good deal. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining us uh, this week to hear all of our final thoughts on Dragon Quest Builders 2. We'd like to know your thoughts too, so be sure to uh, let us know what you think. You can leave us those voice messages, uh, which can be found at... Anchor.fm slash Dragon Quest slash messages. You can also tell us on Twitter at DragonQuestFM. You can also just email it to us, uh, which is social at dragonquest.fm. You can talk to me personally on Twitter at underscore Austin underscore King and check out my weekly Dragon Quest blog, which can be found at dragonquestaustin.com. And I'm on Twitter at, at Professor Beige. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast, the Geek to Geek podcast, at geektogeekcast.com. You can listen to the rest of the media network that we're a part of and see all the other content, which is blogs and live streams and just lots of other stuff. Uh, you can check that out at geektogeekmedia.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Boop, 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 boop.